Hey everybody, what's going on? Steve here, uh, just saying what's up before the episode, as always. I uh, hope everybody is staying safe, staying healthily, healthy mentally and physically. Uh, I've recorded this too many times to uh, stop at a simple stumble like that. Um, make sure you check out our sponsors, ProWrestlingLoot.com, Throwback Games on Instagram. Of course, that's Games with a Z. You can check out their shop in Ocean Oceanside. Uh, on the show this week, Nicholas Wilcox. Uh, Nick and I are great buddies, uh, you know, over 15 years easily, and this was a fun one. Uh, you'll be uh, hearing Nick again within a month or so as we're definitely going to be doing a draft episode. Uh, other than that, we're going to go ahead and essentially get into it, and I'm going to end this uh, on a little bit of a low note, but, uh, you know, uh, if you didn't see on uh, my Instagram today, uh, Kevin Clark passed away in a bicycling accident in Chicago. Uh, he was a former guest of the show, uh, and I'm super bummed because I was planning on having him come back for more episodes, and we had a lot of fun talking with all of the stuff that we talked about. Uh, he was a sweet, uh, free-spirited soul, and he is someone that, that definitely went too soon. He was only 32 years old. And he's someone that the world is definitely going to miss. So, uh, Kevin Clark, you're, you're gone too soon and definitely missed, buddy. Uh, I wish we could have gotten more episodes. Other than that, tip the veal. Try the staff, folks. Tell the ones you love them, because tomorrow's the only thing that's not guaranteed. Enjoy the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. Steve here, and today we have a fun, entertaining episode, at least that's what I'm going to say. Today, folks, I bring just another goon. He's a good friend of mine. Today, I bring Nicholas Wilcox to the show. Nick, what's going on? Hey, nothing much. See, thank you very much for having me on. It's Absolutely. a pleasure. What was the other notorious Nick? Is that the other the new the new surname we're going by? Oh, the new or surname Nick, or Nick Notorious? Nick Notorious. There we go. I was always a fan of just another goon. <laughs> well, I'll always be just another goon, Absolutely. but now I'm a notorious one. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Oh, today's been really good. Really good. It's Excellent. sunny here in California. Uh, where, you know. are, where, where are you in California right now? Oh, well, right now, because, you know, you never know. I'm down in uh, Bonita, in, uh, right next to Chula Vista. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Good deal. Well, you're near family, right? Yep. 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 I'm uh, living with the uh, grandparent and parents and oh, okay. uh, taking care of each other. That's awesome. I didn't, I didn't know that. It's great to know you're back in town, though. Um, cause last, last I had, I, I, man, I don't want to say that I'm not keeping up with you, but the last I remember, I want to say you were in Washington. Oh, no, 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 no. Not been no, in not. Washington. Where were uh, you? Where were you when we hung out at Fashion Valley? Let's see. When we hung that out was at last Fashion year. Valley, last year, I believe I was actually on my way to Boston, <laughs> Massachusetts. Okay. Okay. So but either had... way, you're a man, you're a man that travels. Yeah. Yes. But that's yes, I... You, you do, you do, you legit did do what I wanted to do when I was young, but I never like, uh, man, my parents, my parents, I don't have any way thing to complain about the way my parents raised me. Um, but were they a little too controlling and did they keep the bird a little too close to the nest? Absolutely. Did they not give that bird the chance to fly away and then come back? Absolutely. 
did I kind of have the opportunity? Yeah, I kind of had the opportunity. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I don't want to use an excuse, you know, when my mom was, was sick, when I was as young as I was, and then she passed when I was 20 and it fucked me up. I mean, I could have done a lot of good things when I was with Rocky with all the places uh, where that they went with all the conventions. I'm just droning off. I'm sorry. Really? Uh, you, you're a man that travels and, and you've definitely like been and done. You've, done, you've been places and done things that I only wish I could do. So. Well, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's quite an adventure. There's there's trade-offs to all of it, right? I mean, I've lived in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Boulder, Denver, Fort Collins, uh, New York up in Upper Harlem, uh, you know, Boston, um, all over San Diego, right? Were you ever um, in Washington? No, 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 no. Never, never been to Washington, but Why that's, that's on the Washington? list. I have a lot of friends that, do, that live in other states that I just think it's Washington. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't well, that's generally that's generally though what you hear, like, oh, I'm I'm getting out of here. I'm going to Portland or Seattle, right? And you're like, oh, okay, bye. You know, but no, it's definitely an adventure. There there are trade offs to it, right? Um, when you travel as much, it's hard to maintain um, uh, close friendships. You really got to work at them, and you only get so much energy. So when you pop in a new place every eight to twelve months, it's kind of okay. I'm here. I'm going to try to experience a bunch of things. I'm going to try to make some connections, but there's still at times that sense of, you know, not as much huggy closeness or deep connection throughout your journey. That's really hard to find. Uh, and you get very blessed and fortunate when you do find those individuals. Um, I have a bunch of people from uh, Denver who moved on to Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, we record and jam music every weekend together. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And then, Friends in Boulder, uh, my one of my best friends and his uh, wife just had a kid in Boulder, Colorado. And so it really gives you like this opportunity when you do make those connections, though, to be like, oh, when when normality comes, because we're in the COVID times, but when normality comes, I've got all these people and developments and things we've shared and are sharing that are just going to be enhanced even further when we actually are, you know, face to face again. So you know, gives you things to look forward to. But Absolutely. with all that, um, it's beautiful and wonderful to be back home, to uh, be near, even though we can't be near, but to be in the same place and area as uh, people that I've had, you know, 10, 20 year long relationships and, you know, 10, 20 long year adventures. Um, the last, the little bookend I'll say to that though, the funny thing that happens when you travel for seven years away from the nest is um, people think you still peck the way you peck or groove the way you groove, whether it be positive or negative or just whatever it may be. Um, and so they kind of, when you see them again, they, they kind of expect a certain role or, or attitude or persona. Um, and they, you know, they, they expect three letters. Yeah, sometimes they expect three letters. Uh, sometimes they want to say four letters to you, but <laughs> four then three, right? Right. But, <laughs> but you know, uh, uh, traveling as much as I have and, and revisiting some places I traveled because I, I went to Denver like three times in the last five years, like back in, in and out. Um, you really learn to uh, allow people the grace and opportunity to show the growth or change in themselves, right? And 
And by being able to do that and be able to experience both sides of that coin yourself, you puts you more in other people's shoes in a way of you're like, okay, I'm going to learn this thing called grace or understanding, or I'm going to give someone an opportunity, you know, to, to, to reinvent themselves in front. Now, sometimes people get nervous or, or get manic positive or negative and so you also gotta let that grace go through me like ah these they're still seeing who i was they haven't figured out what i am absolutely and and you know that is that is such a a a true factor uh because for those that don't know uh nick and i know each other uh from the rocky horror picture show we were part of the crazed imaginations cast one of the many uh, alumni from the the uh crew that i've had on the show and the people that Nick and I, 15 years ago, are definitely not the people that we are today. We, <laughs> we have definitely grown uh, and matured past the, the initial impression that we gave to people, let alone the final impression that we gave to people. Um, <laughs> because Stephen the host of the last podcast you want is a lot different than Steve. (laughs) Oh, Steve. I remember Steve. (laughs) And, and, you know, and I, I, I'll mention it briefly, but the Nick Wilcox sitting in front of me is a lot different than BDN. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I think I, I, I feel everyone goes through this journey in some aspects, right. Um, especially, you know, when comparatively, being in Southern California in the 2000s, uh, being in the ages of 21 to 29 and going through those those aspects of life, right? Um, a lot was going on socially and uh, in and around us, not just in our microcosm, but in the greater national st- or state, national, international social cosm or social worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we all had to navigate the best we could. And I feel now in our older years, not saying my age, no, 36. Now at 36, uh, you know, I'm able to look back on all that, especially with all the different, you know, uh, uh, microcultures in America that I've experienced and go, oh, all right. Like, you know, these are aspects I did like, these are aspects I didn't, you know, and you're able to evaluate certain things, especially as, you know, I am a white male um, or perceived as a white male and, you know, all that goodness. Uh, You're able to really start applying and understanding what exactly is going on, what exactly was trying to be said to me, what was trying to be conveyed to me, what stories did I only take at surface value and should have thought deeper on, and you're really allowed to bring that into your life and enrich yourself and make yourself a more open, positive person, right? Um, gone are the days of the angry BDN. That's really, really not my jive anymore mm-hmm. to be frustrated at misunderstanding or, or any of that. Um, well, I'd say long, long gone are the days of BDN. Yeah, yeah, I'd say I'd say that character and the caricature, because it definitely was a caricature when you hear that name when you're at Rocky. And that's another thing. When you're at a performance, as you know, uh, that's not you. Sure. It's, it, it, well, it's like well, I always looked at Rocky like wrestling, wrestling, a wrestling persona is just you just just turned up a little louder than you'd normally be. And that's, yeah. that's I mean, for me, I was always at an 11. So at Rocky, I was at like 15. Like, <laughs> well, and that's that. I, I like that you bring it up that way. Um, 
because I myself, I felt like, you know, when I go to Rocky Horror and, you know, there's the, I'm a Rocky Horror cast member off stage. There's a presence and a persona I have when I'm on stage. There's a persona that I put on in a stage presence I create. But then by the time I'm done with that, I'm just dead tired. Yeah. And I and go back to Nick, <laughs> just Nick. And yeah. in, uh, in my later, my last years of Rocky Horror, people are always quite disappointed at what they saw on stage because they're, <laughs> Uh, to give you a uh, a little anecdote, uh, this was in uh, Texas, uh, I believe it was. Um, oh no, no, no! This was in Boulder. I, I don't know. This was somewhere in the U.S. And I was uh, getting ready to perform. Uh, I was playing Rocky, as I do. That was, you know, my mainstay. And uh, before all the shows, you know, I mean, I don't do anything. I don't alter myself with alcohols or anything because I take, you know, safety, performance, all that very serious because uh, I'm being crazy. Talking, right? talking, talk, you're talking to the dude that legitimately performed Eddie one night that I was so drunk. I don't remember performing Eddie. Hoy, hoy. But I, yeah. I mean, as always, I rocked it. I, I rocked it. But sorry, <laughs> please continue. You were, you were getting ready for Rocky. Yeah, and, and no judgment towards any of that, except, you know, if it goes against the rulings of things. But I mean, you know, for me, I just, you know, I don't want any question of myself or what I'm doing, right? Because uh, I'll jump off stage and climb up on things. And it's like, well, let's not get someone or yourself hurt. But I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm zenning in, I'm zoning into myself. I'm kind of just, okay, conserve all your energy, conserve everything. And, you know, I walking by stagehands and techies i'm going hey thank you very much for having us thank you know i appreciate you and oh were you so were you guesting or were you part of the cast i was part of the cast okay excellent excellent but i mean i always with traveling you you always yeah you always you you always you always want to be thankful of everybody that's behind the scenes because without the people behind the scenes you'd have no fucking show exactly you always want to respect the house right the home that you are in and especially when it's like sometimes they uh the denver cast would do shows uh annually for like three shows here during this season and three shows there right so we had this little rapport and and, you know i'd like to be a part of the good part of that rapport um and you know i would thank them and then tell them hey you know can i climb on this can i not climb on that and they're like oh yeah no that's fine just be careful can we can we have two people up in the lighting area no no you cannot no you cannot right um and so i I would conserve myself and then you know I'd get in the tank and the adrenaline would start coming. It still does. After even 500 times doing Rocky, I still get that little wonderful spike of here we go. And, you know, so I jump out there and I'm twisting my hips and you're sort of Damocles and, you know, just enjoying myself and and really trying to pump up the audience, making eye contact with the nervous ones who are like, what's happening? Oh, my God. Is that a, the virgins, uh, you mean the virgins? <laughs> oh, even people that were regular that had not seen <laughs> me, they're like, is this man wearing a two times too small gold bikini? And it's like, yes, yes I am. Yes, Forget the is. shorts, you know. And, you know, just jump around having fun. And I'd finish up, you know, smelling and sweaty and everything like I am. And, you know, I put my little robe on because, you know, I'm once again, I'm not the man of 23 where I'm, oh, hey, no, 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 no. I'm done. I'm old. And uh, one of the techies came up to me and he was just like, that was 
amazing. I was like, oh, well, you know, thank you very much. He's like, no, 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 no. I mean, your performance was great, but you were such the opposite of what you were on on stage versus off stage. There was just it was to- two totally different people. I would not have believed that you were the same. That you would have done what you did and then come back like, wow. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you. You know, I mean. I feel like that's what acting is supposed to be. And even though I'm a shadow caster, you know, I act with my, with my physicality. Right. Sure, absolutely. Um, and I re- at that moment, I was like, Oh, that is the greatest ki- kind of compliment I could ever have is that I became someone or something else doing what I do. And, you know, the people I represent are seen as two different people now. And that night, that that was the night you just hung it up. You were like, you know what? I can't get any better. Just done. (laughs) Shortly after that. Good night, folks. Yeah, shortly after that, I kind of was like, hey, you know what? Um, I think you like Friday nights. (laughs) And I think think you've missed after, I think it was 15, 17 years of Rocky Horror. I was like, you know what? I think think now it's time to explore other things and... uh, and and I've been doing that and and it's been just as fulfilling. I still have the itch uh, for performance and entertainment, not necessarily for Rocky Horror. Sure. Um, and I don't mean that with sour taste, just, yeah, you know. No, I feel you. I feel you on that because uh, once I started doing wrestling, the itch slowly faded for Rocky and it was being fulfilled by wrestling. And I really, in, in all honesty, I wish I could have gone 10 years at Rocky uh, I want I want to say I made it like seven or eight and I really the times were changing uh, and beside that I don't really use it as an excuse but my wife didn't dig the scene and I love my wife more than I love Rocky. Well and there's nothing wrong with that you guys are a unit you're a team yeah you know and she didn't dig it. Yeah you know and, and it's got- not that I didn't dig it anymore it's that I mean, you know, between you, me and the the people listening, like there was one main reason why I went to Rocky besides entertaining people. It was the ladies, like the ladies, the ladies. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Women are very much attracted to a man that is secure enough in his sexuality to wear a corset, a garter belt and fishnets with high heels. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, the uh, the attraction of other people was definitely in the potentiality to, you know, um, court or. I mean, it didn't help. It didn't help that we were just good looking also. Well, thank you very much. (laughs) Thank you very much. Well, it depends on what night, man. I don't know. Sometimes I was like, Nick, have you eaten this week? I'm like, I knew I forgot to do something. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We'll get this man a burrito injection. In the mouth, <laughs> but <laughs> it's still bad, <laughs> right? No, I said you didn't save it anymore, man. <laughs> but, but I mean, no, of course, of course, there's that you know, especially young twenties, right? Like, you're oh like, yeah, oh, just man. having just having fun and being on out there and just just putting it on out, man. I yeah. man, we aren't gonna get into those stories. Like, we'll get into the show just because. Yeah, we should. Yeah, yeah, oh man, yeah. you know what? We we alone, I mean, could start a Rocky podcast. Just bringing on cast members, and I don't even know if there's a Rocky podcast, but bringing on Rocky members, we know enough people that live in enough states. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, let you could, alone, you could definitely talk people, about the silliness. Let alone the people just of crazed imaginations and the stories that we could get over the year. I'd love to get Amy Burner. 
on a, on a microphone on some of the crazy shit that she saw or experienced. Right. Uh, let alone the fact, and this, and we'll get into this right after this. I'm not sure if you know, but did you know that Amy Burner actually gave Crazed Imaginations the name Crazed Imaginations? I did not. not as far as I've been told by Rocky Lore of the tales of, of Crazed Imaginations, Amy B was the originator of that name. Huh. Maybe wrong. I may be wrong. But either way, let's get into the show. People are here to listen to us talk about music, not about not not socially or not socially, not 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 uh, uh, psychologically all, you know, talking about ourselves of of what we've done in our lives and all of that. Um, first question I always love to jump in with, and, and I'm not sure if you found the answer, uh, but have you ever walked out of a movie in the movie theater? So walked out. I'm going to call this a walkout. <laughs> I uh, I have I have. Um, um, now there are movies that hit me emotionally, and I had to walk out for a minute and then come back in. I'm not counting that, right? Because I, you know, no, no. I'm saying just walked out. I either asked for your money back or just went to your car and left and went home and were upset with what you watched. So so I went on a terrible date. <laughs> a terrible date. Um, and it was one of those internet dates and, and I'm talking with the gal and, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm in the video game industry at the time. And, you know, there, it's a big part of my life, not playing, but making games. And she was like, oh, well, you know, da, 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 da. we started talking about other things and hit it off. And we had decided, you know, hey, let's go see a movie. Let's go have a meal, a big hearty meal and then we'll we'll go to a movie and we'll we'll see what happens maybe maybe a cafe afterwards right you know already planning out the multi-stage multi-tiered event right um so we're sitting there and we get some um uh was some pasta uh and meat sauce and all this good stuff and and i really don't eat carbs by the way that's just never been my thing sure um no health reason i just uh, it's just not my thing um However, I will kill a whole stack of uh, Olive Garden breadsticks all by myself. Not a problem. I mean, I eat garlic. <laughs> but so we, we get there. We, we're eating all this pasta and we're chit-chatting. And, you know, I'm talking about what I'm developing and working on or testing. And, you know, she's talking about something or other. I, I don't recall by this point. This is, you know, many, many decade old story. And we go and we we're deciding on what movie because we're like, oh, we'll just figure it out. You know, just kind of one of those spontaneous. It was at the good movie hour. I think it's like six or seven o'clock when everything's kind of, you know, coming through. And she was like, oh, let's go see Act of Valor. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I mean, I got nothing against the military. I mean, you know, I, you know, tried to join the military and, you know, okay, yeah, I heard they got you know, military personnel as the main actors and, you know, okay, that I'm not going to expect, you know, the pinnacle of movie acting, right? But this this could be neat. Um, and so we're sitting there, we, we got the tickets, we, we got to sit down, big bowl of popcorn, you know, big oversized soda for $50. And we get it all in there. And the... Um, the the gal was like so I really want you to know that you know i i really do hate video games and i'm like well that's funny that you already got pasta dinner and into a movie theater now and you you now want to break this down onto me and i'm like oh what do you what do you not like about him because you know 
if you don't like to play video games, that's, that's fine. cool. Yeah, if you find them annoying or just a puzzle you don't want to deal with, awesome. I dig it. I can understand. Uh, she's like, well, I just feel like people that play video games, you know, have no skills and they're, you know, lazy and unintelligent. And she just starts throwing out all this, this, this stuff, you know, fake, fake news, misinformation, fake, right? Fake news, fake news. Um, maybe she has like a, a, a family member who is all those things. And, you know, but so and I'm like, well, I mean, you know, that's that's kind of a big part of my life and and i really have to kind of connect with the audience there and you know this and that she's like yeah i just you know maybe maybe you'll grow up one day and i'm like oh oh this is neat all right well hey look previews are starting hey here's some popcorn you know what the best part about popcorn is you put it in your mouth and can't talk and so, you know, we're eating the popcorn, I'm drinking the thing. And once again, I said, I don't eat carbs. And I'm starting to feel lethargic, greatly lethargic. Like I've been drugged lethargic. And the movie's starting and it's really kind of dragging on. And I'm kind of just already not feeling where I'm at and what's going on. And he's currently sinking into the chair for the people who cannot see this. And then boom. I get knocked in the arm and now we're in the middle of this helicopter scene or something and it's loud and she's like you fell asleep and i was like oh i'm sorry uh it's a boring film wow uh she's like this film is it's great for america and i'm like oh god okay all right all right um you know what i have to go to the bathroom i'm gonna go out for a cigarette and figure out what i'm going to do and she's like what do you mean i'm like i'll be right back I didn't even get to the stairs and I already knew one. This movie is not hitting me right. Uh, not keeping my attention uh, Two, this date is not hitting me right. And it's getting my negative attention at this point, but I really like my car. I think I'm going to go drift in my car. So I go, I leave the movie theater, I hop in my 240SX, and I go hit the canyons for three hours. There you go. Did and, you drive uh, her there? No, no, she drove herself. Ah, boo! I, uh, I, <laughs> well, well, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, there have been times where I've almost left a date that I've driven someplace, but then I'm like, you know, that ain't safe. True. No, that's, that ain't that's, safe. But that would have been funny. That would have been funny, but no, and Luckily, you know, I didn't have have to to wait through it. You have to wonder how long she sat there before she was like, he's not coming back. Yeah, I I already had blocked her number by the time I had reached the theater theater doors. I was just like, "Mm -mm." that's funny. Um, So Acts of Valor, have you ever gone back and watched it at all? You ever tried it again? No, I don't want to be that tired. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sorry to say, I know people work hard on these films, but it's just every movie, every movie that I have walked out of, with the exception of Joe Dirt, I have never gone back to try and watch again. You walked out on Joe Dirt? Uh, My girlfriend at the time wanted to walk out on Joe Dirt because she didn't think it was a funny movie. So. I was like, of course, no, no, not funny at all. Let's go have sex. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, honey, you're absolutely right. I'm absolutely. gaining points. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then we broke up like a year later and I watched 
Joe Dirt, and it's a funny movie. Um, you like had it on the on in a secret lock cabinet, just, you know. The moment, that moment. She, the moment she was like, "We're through," and she opened it, I'm like, "I'm like, Dad, Joe Dirt now." You and he there. hit he hit he hit the one the one cube that then falls that starts the root the Goldberg that that opens it up that ends in my room with a thing opening up and it's Joe Dirt. Um, oh yeah, and the chairs flip around as some busted up seats, and you get like this like double uh, beer drinking helmet on and all yep, that. Yep. No. So yeah. No. Every movie that I've walked out of, uh, I've never. And the two movies that I should have walked out of, I've never gone back and watched again. Ooh, what were those two? Uh, the two I watched that I should have walked out of was the Green Room. It's it's Anton Yelch's last film, Chekhov from the new uh, Star Trek series. Patrick Stewart plays a white supremacist. I should have walked out of that. And I should have walked out of Steven Spielberg's BFG. Mm. Not Mm. a good movie. Mm. Not a good movie. Neither of them were. I will say I probably would have walked out of War of the Worlds, speaking of Spielberg. Never seen it. Bless you. Never seen that. Never seen AI. Why? I just there are movies that I just know that I no, I'm not gonna lie. If Kubrick had actually done AI, I probably would have gone and seen it. It was uh, it was made at a time that I didn't it didn't interest me. Like there are movies that I've never seen that people are like, you've never seen it, and I was like, yeah, I was twenty something, and I was into this, I wasn't into that. Like I've never seen um, Frozen. Never, oh. never, never, never had the desire. <laughs> never, never. The only time I'll probably watch Frozen is if Travis picks it for uh, the other podcast I do, because it was number one in the box office, and he actually does like Frozen. He picks movies. He picks a lot of movies that I wouldn't necessarily ever want to watch. Like, like I watched Hardball. I watched Remember the Titans. I actually really did enjoy Remember the Titans. I don't know exactly where it fits in with uh wrath and clash of the titans <laughs> but i really enjoyed it uh, uh remember I mean, the titans is awesome i i enjoyed that film from what there, i recall there are going to be other movies that he has me watching that i just i've never seen legally blonde i've never really had the desire to watch legally blonde but i'm gonna watch it and then the week after that i'm or the week before that i'm gonna watch cats and dogs Yay! All right, I, I guess, man. Um, with that though, <laughs> movies that you you walked out of proverbially couldn't stand. We go to the opposite spectrum, as I like to say, and that's a movie that you could watch every day. The Fifth Element, all day, every day, dude. Oh, super green, like it, it. It hits every sensor for me. Every sensor. It's got. It's got over-the-top characters and and it's got aliens and and then it's got mystical properties and it's got advanced technology and then you know groovy soundtrack and quips all over, you know, you know, opening up the thing, you are fired. Oh, you know, just <laughs> oh, all the pacing and everything. And you I really feel for um for the you know the main the main protagonist in, in that where he's just more all right bruce all willis right. yeah bruce willis it's just at every point it's like okay i know how to do this and you can feel like he's kind of tired at this like the character is tired of yeah but- like like at the beginning of the movie he's retired he's like i'm retired i drive a cab now leave me alone yeah and it, it's just this can of worms thing right that happens and and i i saw it in theaters 
uh, with a few of my buddies and I just instantly fell in love with it. Um, I could say in my lifetime, there's not any time when the fifth element isn't on, uh, when someone's like watch, you know, perusing around their cable television. Um, I haven't had cable in my adult life, not my thing. Um, and I'm like, Oh, fifth element. And they're like, yeah, you're it's not, on like every you're, weekend. You're not, you're not changing it. Are you? What? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah. like fifth elements on. You're not. You're not planning on changing this, are you? No, yeah. no. Oh, cool, cool, cool. I'm the yeah. same way with Con Air. Con Air's on at any point. I'm watching Con, Con Air. Con Air's another one where it's just like another kind of reluctant, tired. Like I just the end of this. Let me get to the end. Sure. Uh, Steve in there. A whole like. You know, I mean, it's just so much. Oh, yeah, Con Air in general. Um, the one thing I'll, I'll have to say about Fifth Element is I was lucky that a buddy of mine worked with uh, a guy that basically just, he's an, he's an autograph dealer. He, hmm. he pays celebrities to come in and sign a bunch of autographs. And he was doing that with a wrestling show. And on that show was Tiny Zeus Lister. And he was walking around the back and I had my backstage pass. Uh, I was very fortunate enough that I was Mean Gene Okerlund's handler for like five hours. So it was just me hanging out with Mean Gene and him just randomly telling stories. And I'm not, dude, I love that I can say this. He flirted hardcore with every woman that walked up. <laughs> like every other woman, he'd, he'd kiss their hand and he'd be like, I think, I think I can take a 10 minute, Steve, can I take a 10 minute break? Is that okay? Like he like he's gonna take her to the back. Steve, can I take a ten minute break? Is that all right? Um, and I met a to Zeus. So so not to not to drop some names, but I'm sitting there while Mean Gene, because I have to be with Gene because I'm his handler, is sitting there talking to Dennis Rodman, Ric Flair, and Tiny Zeus Lister, um, and they're all talking. And Zeus gets up to leave, and I stand up and I go. I just have to be honest. I just have to shake the hand of the president before the day is done. <laughs> and he just, he just, she chuckled. And he shook my hand. He said, you have a good day, sir. And then he just kept walking. And it's the fifth element. I had yeah. to shake the hand of the president. And right. whether, whether he was chuckling at just me saying that or whether he was chuckling because he knew I was referencing the fifth element, I'll never know. <laughs> but I shook the president's hand. And that's what I loved about the casting of that movie. Everyone is just so zany Perfect. in their own right, right? And rememberable. I mean, even even the protagonist's mother was rememberable. And you only got You're like, not the president. You sound like an intelligent man. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone was rememberable in that film. Yeah. And and I absolutely, yeah, every time it's on, it's, it's a pseudo blessing for me. I love it. It's such a great one. Um uh thinking of it jesus christ thinking of it i've actually no once again not to but i met uh luke perry at a wrestling show uh when his son first started training to uh become a wrestler hey how was that uh super nice guy super nice guy i didn't really want to bother him he was in the back everyone was bugging him for photos it's luke perry uh, and i i took a photo with him and everyone i don't know why everyone was just telling him how much they love 90210 like i never watched the show so i took the photo and I just went, hey, man, I'm a big Pike fan. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer and he just he he just said thanks man like he gave me a legitimate like like thanks man like not a lot I don't think a lot of people really mentioned Buffy the Vampire Slayer to him but man yeah. I fucking loved that movie growing up um which actually takes us to our next question and that is a movie that takes you back to your childhood a movie that takes me back to my childhood I have to be brave little toaster yes all right the original mm. i mean i can't even look how about brave little toaster goes to mars no 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 no. we are not going to mars that's not my childhood we stayed on earth <laughs> in my day <laughs> yeah no i can't look at a classical toaster classical radio uh a kirby vacuum i can't look at a, a blanket. blanket like without just oh my, oh thinking about all of that right um sure, sure. And at the, but to the same accord, that one or rock a doodle. If oh. you if you sh- if you play either of those, I will just sit there, eyes wide and huge, just and if you talk to me, I'll be you be quiet. You be quiet, rock a doodle's on. Wait, 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 blankie's in trouble. You know, I am You're just in there, man. Sure. Those are great ones. Um I only I, I don't remember Rockadoodle too much. I knew I caught it once and twice once or twice. Uh, but Brave Little Toaster, I mean, come on. Everyone from the 80s watched the fucking Brave Little Toaster growing up, and they definitely freaked out. And and there were definitely uh, the fucking uh, when they're in the the yard and the big magnet for the for the the in the junkyard comes down. Fucking that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. That's that's Brave Little Toaster, right? Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of scary parts in it. The AC unit committed suicide. Oh my God, he does. He gets so angry, he commits suicide in like the first 10 minutes. Like, and I started rewatching this a little bit. Like, the brave little toaster's reflection of a flower causes it to wilt and die. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much. Oh, wait a minute. This is what it's like getting older. You start seeing the sadness of the things you loved. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you don't, you don't see it for, with the delightful you know un, unadulterated eyes of a of a child you know you watch it as a hardened aged person no i feel you on that though um i'll have to rewatch that one there's one that i want to rewatch and man i don't know if you'll remember it it was it, i don't even know it was definitely wasn't a movie that came out in the theater it was a tv special but it was all of the nursery rhymes came to life that were written by like mother goose and there were a bunch of celebrity cameos. Paul Simon is in it, a simple Simon. Uh, Shelley Duvall is in it as the chick that runs around with uh, the main character. And I'm gonna, here, I'm gonna look it up real fast. Um, and it's, it's oh man, I wanna say it's a partial musical um, because I wanna say it starts with a musical number. I know it's on YouTube. I'm just gonna look up Shelley Duvall real quick. I wanna say it's Shelley Duvall. Well, and especially was the time especially in animation, everyone had to step up their game and add music into it because Disney was just slaying it. It was you know? for sure. It was for sure. Whoa, is it really Mother Goose's Rock and Rhyme? 100% Mother Goose's Rock and Rhyme. Listen, dude, listen to this cast. Harry Anderson as Peter Piper. <laughs> Cindy Lauper as Mary, who had a little lamb. <laughs> Brian Bonzel uh, plays the main character. Um, I forget what he's been in. Um, here we go. Here's some other people in it, though. Bobby Brown, Shelley Duvall, Duval, 
Art Garfunkel, Terry Gar, Woody Harrelson, Deborah Harry, Little Richard. Like bro, <laughs> on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Look it up. It's it's um Mother Goose Rock and Rhyme. Let me let me get up on that. And then you can check that out once we're done with this because bro, it's so it's so entertaining. I rem- I remember it being entertaining as a child. And the thing is, is like Mother Goose goes missing. There's a crisis in Rhymeland. All the Rhymies, the character from Nursery Rhymes, are disappearing. Gordon Goose, son of Mother Goose, and Little Bo Peep set off to find them. I- I'm watching like just a little highlight clips and things. That- this thing looks insane. It's crazy. It's so good. It's I'm so down. Good. I'll go to Crazy okay. Town with so, you. So little, little Brave Toaster and Rock-A-Doodle. Uh, with that... Um, when it comes to movies, uh, a director can make a movie and it can be either be uh, amazing. I mean, I don't think any director makes a movie and sets out to make it horrible. You know, there are just movies that just end up not working. But favorite director, someone that you love the collective works of. Oh, oh, hands down. So my first impulse, right? Because, you know, you get a lot of mixed emotions when everyone's like, name one. And so my first... Two impulses are always Stanley Kubrick and um, and uh, one moment. I'm having a brain fart. Name a movie they've done. Oh, well, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, right? Those are like, those are always like my two of like, which ones do I really love? Those are two of the most talked about on the show, but I mean. But, but, but I sat down and I thought real deeply. I was like, well, wait a minute. You like you like what they do you like their work but like is there anyone else that really throughout your lifetime and that you continually have always enjoyed that might have you know a bigger you know a, a bigger library of work right uh and i really really have to say martin scorsese martin scorsese is probably if i could only have one of the collections of those three it'd be scorsese's All up right. and down no okay. question. Um, and particularly for for two for two movies uh, hit, for hit, me. Hit me with them. Let's talk about them. All right. So um, uh, bringing out the dead. Never seen it. All right. It's um, let me see here. So it's it's it has Nick Cage in it. Um, Nick Cage is a, uh, a, a paramedic. You know, drives a bus, right? Well, an ambulance, sorry, drives an ambulance. And it's all about this craziness and, and the problematic protagonist and, you know, bad, bad habits, behaviors, problems, all that stuff that goes on and the draining of it. It's based on a book, right? Okay. Um, there's a scene in there in particular that I really, really, really enjoyed. And when I, uh, it, the rain was falling and, you know, he's trying to mouth these words and he can't, you know, everything seems really off. And if you're looking and not just like glancing at the thing, but if you're watching it, you're noticing the rain's falling up and you're like, Oh, that's, that's pretty keen. And so you, when you do some research or if you do some research on this, you, you realize that they shot that whole uh, uh, Nick Cage was doing his lines backwards, uh, mouthing the lines backwards. And they then played it forwards and so that everything and then they dubbed him over oh that's all right right and you're like whoa okay like hmm, that takes some like who prepares for that 
right? Sure, Who prepares sure. to do a cadence reverse and sure. all of that? And work right? with that. Yeah. Scorsese's great. That reminds, uh, that reminds me, I'm sorry, just because because I'm sure you love this film. You know Zodiac by Fincher? Mm-hmm. Do you know about the uh, story of the interview process? No. Do you remember the scene where they interview um, the the gentleman that they think is the Zodiac? Where it's it's rough, where it's it's I think uh, Ruffalo and the other cop interviewing uh, the brother from the Drew Carey show. Okay. Um, the story. So I heard this from Sam Levine, uh, former guest of the show. Uh, that they filmed that Fincher pulled the actor to the side. Here, let me pull up. Let me pull up his name because if I don't, if I don't get his name, it's going to drive me up a wall. Here, hold on. Um, there he is, John Carroll Lynch. John Carroll Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You seen uh, uh, American Horror Stories Freak Show? Yes, I have. The Killing Clown. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he's, yeah, he's, he's, sucks. he's Arthur Lee Allen, the alleged Zodiac killer. So uh, I want to say this is a Fincher film. Yeah, it's Fincher. So Fincher pulled him to the side and said, we're going to shoot this. And they did it apparently like right in the morning. Like everyone has just woken up, maybe gotten breakfast. And he's like, you know, you're the Zodiac killer. You, you 100% are trying to elude these cops on everything that you've said. And they did like an hour interview and then they took lunch. And then he came back and he went, you know what, we're gonna refilm that scene. You don't, you're not the killer. And you need to do everything you can do to prove to these cops that you're not the killer. So the first one was him just being as elusive as can be. And the second one was him being panicky. And then Fincher took those two two hour interviews and put it into one 15 minute shot. Wow. Oh, that's wonderful. Talk about fucking forethought on that. Yeah. I love that. I like that. So next time you watch Zodiac, keep my wife was watching it and I said, Hey, when they get to that interview scene, you, you call me from work and I'll come watch that scene real quick. Cause Oh my God, just rewatching. It's amazing. No, I'll have to check that out today. I so, definitely uh, will. Sorry, getting back into Scorsese, though. What is the uh, the the other one that you automatically love to go to for Scorsese? Well, I mean, Gangs of New York. Fuck right? yes. Like, Gangs of New York, I, I I don't care how inaccurate, accurate, whatever, blah, 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 don't care. Everything about it, the way the characters were, the way it interacted, the way it was all shot, the way everything, you know, you really feel Scorsese's uh, influence. Um, I don't know if you know this, there's, there's this type of Zoom um that he's kind of famous for called a dolly zoom have okay. you ever heard heard of this thing i've heard of it i i would so, it, please just please continue further yeah it's it's kind of like um if you take a camera on a dolly and you're pulling it away but at the same time you are zooming in sure it makes the background go Whoa. that's how they do that's how they do like the zoom in shots on movies and hallways where it zooms in on the person's face, but at the same time, it's yeah, yeah, okay, that, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and that's that's kind of like the Scorsese zoom. Uh, you can see it in like Goodfellas or Raging Bull. Um, they do it a lot uh, in you know Casino, Tax Threat, you know, um, and that's what he's also known for is just different types of work, technical achieve or technical strategies or tactics with cameras and lighting in order to create an effect that like 
I, as the viewer, I have no real idea what's going on because it's not a common movement, right? Like the Scorsese Zoom. I, I know of things coming in and going out, but my brain, unless I had known the physics behind this stuff, I'd have no idea. How did you make that background? How, how'd you, this is happening in front of me, right? And it's not a CGI type thing. Like this is how refraction and reflection of light work in the lens and what goes on. And so it's, it's these very real um, effects that, that really change the tone, the feeling. Um, and for me, it really um, does play with the part of my mind that doesn't make me uncomfortable. It actually makes me quite comforted and in excited in, in, a, in a very mellow way. You know what I mean? It's a warm excitement when these things happen. And, and so the first feeling I had of that from him was in bringing out the dead. Okay. Um, I had just, I, to be uh, for a little background, I had just finished. Um, I just come back to San Diego from Texas um, after being a hurricane Katrina and Rita rescuer um, and, you know, do going through and seeing all of that. So of course this movie was hitting me on so many different levels. Um, sure. Um, with all of that, even the title, like just was a little rough for me, but I, I wanted to watch this cause you know, it looked really good. Um, I became a little obsessive over it. <laughs> I watched it like, I think I watched it like nine times in like three months because I was just like every, the shots in this thing. I mean, the story's great. It's all this, it's got some cool lines, but like the, there's just something about the way it's shot, the way it's colored. Um, the way things are that just really really makes me intrigued and happy um and so it's then i started you know earlier today i was like well what else did he do and i'm realizing that there's just so many films that he's been a part of or directed or something that that i'm like yeah that's a solid film like that's a solid seven eight or nine like not even a question right sure um and yeah, his, I, I, I'm so happy that he's still doing work and it's not a rarity, but it's also, he has like, I feel like, uh, with directors like, uh, Tim Burton, Tim Burton's coming to do his Tim Burton thing all over and Tim Burton it up again. And it's like, well, that's cool. You know, or with Tarantino, it, you know, in general, there's two or three styles that you get with Tarantino. Right. Uh, and you, expect those things from him right um but with scorsese as i'm looking through the list i'm like man you you do it you just do it all you know uh and i really appreciate that about him absolutely yeah i love there are films uh that i'll always just love that are scorsese i mean you get the classics you get casino you get goodfellas there was probably uh, a period of like three months where it was just Goodfellas in my DVD player. And that's the thing with Goodfellas on DVD. It's a two-sided DVD. Mm. So I literally would watch the first of that half of that movie over. I didn't even care about the second half. <laughs> I enjoyed that first half so much. Um, Scorsese uh, is a, an amazing director and he's definitely put out some good works. I'll definitely have to check out Bringing Out the Dead. Yes. Excellent. And folks, if you haven't seen uh, goddamn uh, Gangs of New York, what are you doing with your life? Pause this podcast right now and, uh, and, and go watch Gangs of New York. 
But speaking of pausing this podcast, we will be right back after this commercial break. And we're back. Nick, uh, as we finish up uh, directors, um, <clears throat> you mentioned Quentin Tarantino. Uh, do you want do you want to just hit me with with one real quick of uh, of one you like to watch with him before we get to our next question? Uh, I'll hit you with the two for real quick. Reservoir Dogs, love Reservoir Dogs, everything about it, uh, and Kill Bill Volume Part Two. Two, I like the second one uh, very much. Okay, those are those are good ones. Uh, his first one, Reservoir Dogs. I've been listening to Little Green Bag a lot. I don't even know what it is. Um, <laughs> but I've just been listening to little green bag and I love it. And uh, I love both of the, I love both of the kill bills. Um, there are very few films of, of Tarantino's and I, that I, that I don't love. Um, but in reality, Tarantino is probably the most talked about director that's been brought up on the, on the show. So uh, with that, we do get to our next question, uh, which I think is um, uh, fun on the variety of answers that I get from it. Uh, but it's kind of a, a short and simple to the point favorite genre dystopian oh fuck let's get down to it what's your what are some of your favorite dystopian films oh man blade runner is a great dystopian type of film uh you know it's it's the high tech high tech low life right that's the genre of cyberpunk um type of deal um you know we have um metropolis which is, uh, you know, just renowned film. It's also about a very dystopian outlook on life, right? And, and society and what's going on in COGS. Um, yeah, any, any film that shows a, a grim or gritty uh, or controlled negatively, like I would even say like Gattaca, uh, uh, right? Was that the one with the, you know, the blood type and... and I think so. Yeah, like... Even that's pretty dystopian to me. I mean, it's you know clean and everything. It's a clean, pristine, but it's really terrible. <laughs> like how your life's determined. And I really like those films that kind of go, "This is what this this is." You know, slippery slips are fallacies of, of thought pattern, but they make for great story and fear generators. Great story. Uh, um, I mean, and, maybe not always. You have Johnny Mnemonic. Well, Johnny Mnemonic was a great dystopian, and that is the thank you for mentioning that. That film, that film, I love is, Johnny. I love Johnny Mnemonic. It is a great American classic, and if you do not understand that, then then I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you're lost to me. Um, <laughs> talking dolphins. Okay, we're in. We're in. All right. But yeah, no, any dystopian movie that shows a, a less than pristine idyllic. Uh, uh, future, um, especially when that one that's away from the minds of per se the norm, um, always have my interest. Always have my interest. Um, Mad Max, anything Mad Max, uh, you already have my money, and I'm probably buying the DVD, even though I don't own a DVD player. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I just I'm so attracted to those, and always have been, even since I was a little child. Um, my dad even noted, you know, you've always loved these types of movies. And he cited Mad Max as being like one of the ones that I would not shut up about. <laughs> so so you, you, I brought up Johnny Mnemonic and uh, probably one of my favorite quotes from the film. <clears throat> I have to listen. You listen to me. You see that city over there? 
That's where I'm supposed to be. Not down here with the dogs and the garbage and fucking last month's newspaper blowing back and fucking forth. I've had it with them. I've had it with you. I've had it with all this. I want room service. I want the club sandwich. I want a cold Mexican beer. I want a 10,000 a night hooker. I want my shirts laundered like they do at the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. <laughs> was that close enough to Keanu for you? Oh, that was close. That brought me back, man. I was, I was having, oh, oh. and right now I'm playing Cyberpunk 2077. So I'm already like, which oh, I can't, e- which I can't even buy. God damn it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I my have too friend. many games. I have too many games I'm playing right now. I'm playing Jurassic World uh, Evolution, mm. which, which is Sim City for Jurassic Park. Oh, neat. Oh, it's amazing. Um, uh, but dystopian ones are great. Um, uh, yeah, Blade Runner, uh, all of them. I, would you consider Demolition Man a dystopian future? Uh, more like a prediction, but yeah. <laughs> you think you think that crime is going to be 100% eliminated and we're going to combine San Diego and Los Angeles into one? <laughs> into no, San, no, no. San Angelines? Yes, yeah, San Angelines. Uh, no, 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 no. I just mean because of the governor. Um, but, I mean, it, yeah, no, definitely, definitely that movie is actually, uh, truth be told, Demolition Man is a Wilcox Brothers um um, feel good together movie oh that's awesome i saw it in its original run in the theater i've loved it it's so great we talked about it on the other show um with that though we do get to um um we get to the next question sorry my buddy texted me and i am an idiot for reading it right now uh do you remember the first movie that gave you nightmares absolutely and it's my favorite Disney movie. Um, first movie to give me nightmares was Sleeping Beauty. Oh, okay. Second Disney animate classic animated feature to be mentioned as a nightmare film. Yeah. Pinocchio but, is the other one. Yeah, I could see that. There's a lot of crazy stuff in Pinocchio. Sleeping Beauty, though, hit me with it. What was it? Was it the dragon? No. I thought the dragon was cool as all get out. I thought Maleficent was scary cool when uh, i was a kid i um what it was was it was touch the spinning wheel right okay. um and i was thinking about this day you brought back that panic when i read that question like that's how ingrained this is and and the cockles of my childhood soul over here sure um uh it, it would the dream would always be the same it'd be the same um i'd be going up the windy you know cobblestone whatever staircase and the door would open and there would be the green glowing eminent you know spinning wheel with the spire and the needle and like for like weeks like every night i was having this nightmare of me touching the the top of the spinning wheel and pricking my finger and then i'd wake up right and it'd be sure. like one of those movie wake-ups where you're like <laughs> right because you know you're a kid and this is the first thing and that's reality to you right um and and like about two weeks into this and i talked to my mom about this i'm like I, this is really this keeps scaring me she's like well, well maybe you shouldn't watch it and i'm like no i need to watch it like now i'm terrified i need to not you know 
why and i need to conquer my fear yeah and even as a kid i'm like why would anyone touch that part why would anyone touch that anyway like why would you touch the needle why would you touch the needle and so the whole time i'm like okay i would before i go to bed i'm like i'm not going to touch the needle and then sure enough i would and sure enough i would but then one night one night i didn't touch the needle I went, no, no, Maleficent, I will not. And I went down the other way and I opened up another door and there was another one and I touched it. <laughs> I was just, as you a couldn't kid, escape I, it. You couldn't escape it. Yeah, as a kid, I'm like, oh, hell, what the, why am I so dumb in my dreams? God, if I'm dumb in my dreams, how stupid I am in my reality. All right, well, we'll just keep going with it. And, you know, eventually the dream went, you know, the nightmare didn't happen anymore. Or other one replaced it or something. I don't know. Think about something about dungeons or teeth. I don't know. I don't but know. Uh, yeah, that was the first one. And what's funny is I love that movie. Sure. I, it's my favorite. One of my favorite, my favorite of the classics. But and, yeah. and it gave you a nightmare. Um, kind of a new question to the show. Uh, do you remember the first movie that you saw in the theater? I do. I do. Uh, I was with my best. Once again, this is both of these are in Virginia. If that helps explain any context, Virginia in the 80s, 90s, right? Uh, just a good old boy. So um, my family was friends with uh, another family called the Andersons. And, you know, my parents had a you know gaggle of kids they had a gaggle of kids we're all like within each other's ages so we all paired up as besties and that's how life worked then right and uh, my best friend was Matthew um, so Matthew and I uh, were really excited because we were going to go to the movies together oh boy oh, with my best friend and we're going to sit next to each other and eat popcorn and, and so my parents are like well let's let's watch a let's you know, there are any like big cartoon movies out, but there's this Who Framed Roger Ratchet Rabbit movie. So like, why don't we go go see that, right? And so we're like, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. But apparently, I was talking to my mom about this. Apparently, they had to shut us up because both Matthew and I were completely loud and perplexed about how could Jessica's rat rabbit's dress stay on. <laughs> We were so confused as to the physics of the whole thing. And we're, you know, we're just little kids. We're not, you know, talk, talking about jumblies or private parts no, or anything. Just perplexed by the, by the dress. We're just, how does it stay on? Like it would, I can't. And your kids, I, you don't know any better. That's hilarious. Who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> I love it. And that's, that's, I don't remember seeing that in the theater. I don't think I saw that in the theater, but I know for sure. I watched it multiple times on VHS. I even had a birthday party where I remember it being on in the background uh, <laughs> just because I absolutely loved it. Um, what is a movie that you can watch once you never have to watch again? Requiem for a Dream. Requiem and, for a Dream. Sure, absolutely. No more said. That's uh, been I, I say you don't need we've talked about it's been talked about on the show before so anyone that's seen Requiem for a Dream knows exactly what we're talking about so uh, for me originally uh, it was kids originally I was like kids and then I was like mm, that's a movie I just wished I had never watched 
so for me, it's American History X or There Will Be Blood. I think mm. those are two movies that you can watch once and you pretty much done so on them. Now, um, for for a, a more modern one, though, or, or recent one, I would say Parasite. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. And and I haven't mentioned this to many people. I feel that Parasite and Joker are the same movie. I have not seen Joker yet. Oh, you need to see Joker. Everyone looks at me with that look and says, Nick, you need to see Joker. You need to see Joker. Like if this, if, if Joker had come out when we were doing Rocky, you would have been dressing up as Joker and doing that for takeover or pre-show or something like for sure. <laughs> um, Maybe that's why I'm not watching it because I'm like, I oh, don't want so to be good. influenced it's right so now. <laughs> no, it's so good. I saw it in the theater and, and Tiffany liked it, but didn't love it. And then I went to, to LA comic-con and I stayed with Drew and we were going to go to the movies. And the only thing that was out that I wanted to see was Judy and he hadn't seen Joker yet. So I was like, Oh, let's go see Joker. So I went and saw it a second time. I'll tell you right now, that film is a slow burn. Such a good burn. Such a good burn. Man, you're, 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 you're making a movie list for me this week, and I got a lot of watch. I can give you, I, fuck, dude, I can give you a ton. I mean, it's all I talk about. Uh, with that, though, we really do come to uh, the final question of the show. Uh, listener movie recommendation, a movie that you love, uh, that you think the listener should go and check out and, uh, and give a chance. Ooh, so this one I did not do my fullest of research on. That's all right. You, we can take a second. You can even name more than one movie. But but I I do have a few to think of. But I digress. Uh, but let me let me jump into my personal server here. Yeah, absolutely. Of copies and backups of movies I own. So copies and then backups of the copies. Yes. See, for me, that's just owning two DVDs. Ah. <laughs> no, I own a ton on uh, on Vudu. Um, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Um, here's a, as you look that up. Here's an oldie but goodie that uh, I kind of don't ask anymore, um, because I just decided to stop asking it. And Back to the Future. Do you think that Goldie Wilson becomes mayor because of his own destiny, or do you think he becomes mayor because Marty goes back in time and tells him he's going to be mayor? Ooh. Dang. No, I think destiny, man. And that's the primary reason I say, like, I finally had to go a guest point out kind of like, well, you know, like when Marty goes back in time, it's the two pines mall. And then he knocks down the tree and it becomes the one pine mall when he comes back into the future. Uh, so for the mere fact that Goldie Wilson was mayor when he went back in time or when he was already there, and then he goes back. He's like, I think it was always meant to be. So, yeah, yeah. And plus, I, I, where I was cutting, where it cut for me was, dude, the uh, cut is the. It, he was already ready. You know what I mean? Like that dude, Mary Marty just told Wilson. him. Yeah, that man just Marty just told him what he was gonna find out two weeks. If from any, now. if anything, Marty just pushed him there like just a step, like a step sooner than he was supposed to be. Oh. Now we're actually fucking recording, Jesus Christ. Now that you've had a moment to think about it, Nick, uh, what's a good listener recommendation that you'd like to give? All right, all right. I gotta say, um, after pulling a bunch of friends and, and talking with them, I have been surprised 
surprise how many people have not seen Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And I'm sorry, y'all, but if there's any reason that any generation needs to understand why is Tina Turner such a badass and admired woman, go watch that thing. If nothing else but for the glorious presentation and acting of Tina Turner. The story's great, but, I mean, above all else, Tina Turner. I mean, she was amazing in it, and I, I love the Mad Max series, but I am just surprised how many people have not actually experienced Beyond Thunderdome. There you go. That's a good one. Uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome is a great uh, listener recommendation. Does anything else come to mind as we do wrap up uh, the episode here? Uh, as far as movies or just as far as life and everything in between? Oh, just movies, man. I mean, I mean, if you <laughs> we're, about to, we're about to get into the life bit of it. But any more, any more, any more movie recommendations or just just Beyond Thunderdome for Tina Turner? For that's that's for movie recommendations, but for modern stuff that's going on right now, I gotta say, if you uh, if you're a fan of video games and you're you're a fan of vampires, uh, the Netflix series uh, Castlevania, I am a huge Castlevania fan. I speed run one, two, three, four, and Symphony of the Night regularly. Um, but that that series was just amazing it just wrapped up in season four and it's a great experience maybe not for everyone in the family but it is a great experience and it did the series a lot of justice all right excellent excellent so castlevania on netflix uh and and with that we do uh essentially come to the end of the episode uh where can people find you where are you online what do you have to plug so actually i cannot be found online and that's the fun of me. However, uh, coming up here in uh, August, I'm going out with a uh, bunch of friends in a band called Barathis. It's some heavy metal band stuff that they do. And I've convinced them to take it into a different direction. So by the end of this year, we'll be releasing uh, under the name of Nick Notorious and the Three-Eyed Dog. And uh, so... I'll uh, send you the information as that develops. We'll have some social media, but we're just looking to hit the local cities of, uh, of uh, Arizona and California, to be honest. All right, rock and roll. Well, let me know when that drops, and we will definitely promote it on the show uh, as we do come to an end here. Uh, we like to end uh, with PMA, you know, positive mental attitude. Uh, do you have a personal mantra or a message of positivity that you'd like to leave the listeners with as we as we wrap it on up? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, little backstory: I mentor and train a lot of people throughout my career and what I do, um, which is software QA, uh, building little robots. And and a lot of people when they first start programming or they try something new, they get very nervous and discouraged. And what I like to remind the people I mentor or people who are just learning something new or feel like things aren't going for them is, look, in this world, you have so many hidden cheerleaders and so many hidden fans of you. They're not going to come out directly and say, I'm your biggest fan. But I assure you, everybody in this world, no matter what they do, they have people who believe in love in them. And we know you're trying your best and your best is not always gonna look the same every day. That's what's fun about the best. Sometimes it's a different flavor, but whatever flavor you bring, people in your life are eager and wanting 
to see the next flavors and the next bit of you and what you do. That's awesome. Thank you uh, so much for coming on the show today, Nick. Uh, <clears throat> a brother from another mother, as I always like to say. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of The Last Podcast You'd Want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff. I'll see you then. Show, tell everyone but If you think it's great, keep your big mouth